0: Hello and welcome to the bright side. We're on News Radio 1025 WFLA i'm Joel hunter and i'm Joel hunter and we are
1: we're flying solo tonight pop <laughs> i know uh, Becky's not here tonight for some reason she was very busy yeah and uh she offered to be here but we said no go on with your day
0: because mm-hmm. she was doing stuff she's you know it, making gloves for squirrels and so she's a really helpful <laughs> she a, is she's
1: a real life disney princess most of our notes come from her yeah she's our, is, she's our chief researcher
0: that is that is accurate news uh so it's just it's just pop and I tonight and uh, uh, it feels, you know, it feels like we're just kind of you and I on the road, you yep, know, yep, like yep. Uh, one of those motorcycles and a little sidecar I'm thing. I'm thinking about smoking a cigar. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> if mom is listening, you are in trouble. <laughs> uh, so as part of her, as part of her research, uh, I say only kind of in jest, uh, as part <laughs> of know. her, as part of her research, uh, we, uh, we found out that today, June 7th, <laughs> national, nope. Not national, just oh wait, Thank hold you. On. We got, thank you. There it is. It Kettle drums. This is going to be underwhelming. Chocolate ice cream day. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to hold it till the end of the it. <laughs> day. So uh, it's. Uh, I did not know that there. Well, I didn't. I didn't know any of these days existed. These uh, like different random. I know like, your nas- mother's like an expert. National of right-handed day. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So it's chocolate ice cream day, and uh, apparently it has been around like a long. Time, the last sentence of her research on it, National Chocolate Ice Cream Day has always been observed annually on June 7th.
1: And I was like, that's insane.
0: By who? So
1: ancient. (laughs) There's three people who love chocolate with big chocolate rings around their mouth. Sumerian cuneiform shows them (laughs) eating chocolate, 4,000 BC. Well, it was interesting because part of of the research was that uh, the first recipes of chocolate ice cream (coughs) were published in – 1693 in Naples, Italy. Huh? Just taking a break from pizza.
0: You know, I thought, yeah, let's try some of chocolate. <laughs> is, it, is it good as a pizza. That uh, lost it. It didn't sound as much like it. Uh, so yeah, so I'm I'm thinking here. So wait, when did you say that was 1693? 1693. That was, so that was only 60 years after they were trying uh, Galileo Galilei, yeah. uh, for saying that the Earth revolved around the sun. That's right. Then they moved on to chocolate right after that. <laughs> they, t- they said, man, this is depressing. Let's have yeah. chocolate. Ah, let's quit the talking about science. <laughs> um, I just I think that uh, I thought chocolate was uh, it was kind of brought it was kind of like a tobacco type thing where it was like, hey, look, there's we, we're discovering new worlds and they've got these got, they've got these Delicious things. However, I read the recipe for that original chocolate ice cream, and I was I was struggling to figure out how it was chocolate ice cream because it was like it was hot fudge and water or something. Uh, but I guess early on you don't really complain about it. You're just like this stuff tastes real good. <laughs> yeah, I, I really really like this stuff. Um, and then it was Thomas Jefferson, the great Thomas Jefferson. Yes. Um, you know we he, owe him so much. We do, we do. You know he wrote the declaration of the Ind- declaration of independence not the independence that's too many articles um him and uh, ben franklin you know ben franklin only added one word uh uh it, it was it was he, it used to say we hold these truths to be i think it was natural and god given or something uh-huh, like that uh-huh. and he said we should change it to uh uh inalienable uh, no no uh, self self-evident. evident yeah, yeah yeah to be self evident that's what it was uh and uh, that doesn't have anything to do with it. But Thomas Jefferson wrote the rest of it uh, mm-hmm. when he was like 29, or he was really young when he wrote that. Did
1: you, did you ever hear the the uh, um, the illusion or the illustration about this? Is true? Uh, JFK was was having a bunch of Nobel um, Prize winners in, uh, assembled at the White House. And they were having a dinner. Welcome, all of you, to the White House. <laughs> well, congratulations on your prizes. It was like that, probably. That's my and and, and and he said, there's not been this amount of intelligence um, um, assembled in this room. Since Thomas Jefferson dined alone, <laughs> <laughs>
0: isn't that a great yeah, line? Yeah, that really is. Yeah, he was really smart. It's very hard to find a subject that Thomas Jefferson wasn't insanely just a genius. I mean, he just he was he really he really knew a lot. Um, and uh, one of the things that he knew was he liked himself some chocolate. <laughs> he did. He, uh, he was in you know he's one of the people over in France uh, trying to uh, ne- negotiate peace and and uh, um, and and he found chocolate there and was like, and was like, I'm bringing this back to America, <laughs> that's and right. and then he did. And so the idea is that he was one of the ones who really introduced it and, and popularized not chocolate so much as chocolate ice cream. He really liked ice cream because mm-hmm. that's the let's not lose the focus of the day. Yes, yes. Let's not take the ice cream out of chocolate
1: ice cream day, <laughs> That's right. You know? That's right. This is a national observance, and yeah. we've got to keep it pure.
0: I think it's fine. We we just need to stand up to the war on chocolate ice cream and really just fight back finally, <laughs> and say no, we're keeping the ice cream and chocolate. Ice cream right. day. Um, he uh, he kind of popularized it and stuff. Uh, but the first the first chocolate ice cream shop, uh, or maybe it was just ice cream shop. Uh, it, it was it probably didn't just sell chocolate yes, ice probably, cream. Probably more. But uh, according to. Becky Hunter's research yes by the way she just texted me she's listening so be very careful yeah was in 1777 which was the year I decided cigars are terrible for you (laughs) and I swore them off for good Um, and so uh but it's uh it's not it's not the most popular flavor uh number one which uh, you know, I've, I really was surprised by this. I mean, I guess it makes sense that vanilla is number one. I know, but uh, I love it's vanilla. such a vanilla. You know, I don't know. It seems like it would be
1: something more fancy, like I, cookies and cream. I or know that's why I, I vanilla is my favorite, and I go into Baskin robinson and I order vanilla. Do you really which drives that, your mother crazy? That is really really great. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. That's really great. Every that's, time, I just like it. You know what made me
0: decide to lose weight at one point? I uh, this is true. I realized that my favorite ice cream, like when I was like, mm, "This is, poof, I can't get enough of this, Chubby Hubby Ben and Jerry's," <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, what have I become?"
1: I'm just sitting here eating Chubby Hubby at two in the morning. I got to do something. Yeah, yeah. It's not just the kind of ice cream; yeah. it's the two in the morning. No, kind of thing. it really was. It was just, you know, there's a rock bottom.
0: And that was mine. And I decided to turn it all around. Um, that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about we today. We are, yes. Uh, today, uh, be in, in honor of National Chocolate Ice Cream Day, uh, which was really the key thing we wanted to bring up today, uh, we thought it'd be a good time to talk about uh, just nutrition and weight and stuff. Um, and if you're one of those people that always has to tie everything back to the main theme, um First off, I was in group projects with you every year of my life, uh, and secondly, it, it does have to do with poverty because uh, a, a reason, yeah. one of the reasons that obesity is increasing so rapidly in the United States is because a of lack of of access and a lack of education about good nutrition, uh, and a lack of access to good nutrition. But it's one of those things that's not. Uh, Tremendously well understood. Everybody eats, um, but it's something that there's not a ton of formal education. And there's a lot of misinformation yeah. about, um, you know, what is good for you and what isn't. Uh, and, you know, the whole idea of, you know, fat-free and sugar-free and what's what's mm-hmm. good and what's mm-hmm. not, uh, what nutrients are, or uh, or artificial flavors are, are causing cancer. Because, you know, depending on what you read, literally all of them, like the wrapper that your gum has will, will cause cancer for you. Um, and, uh, tonight we are going to just give a clear and finally correct, uh, uh, the final
1: arbiter of that's what right. is actually. You can rest easy after you listen to this program.
0: Yeah. Once you hear this, you'll be like, I wondered a long time. There was a lot of conflicting views. And finally I have a just single coherent view of all of that. Um, but honestly, in all seriousness, there, there is, there's scientific fact behind some stuff and there's other stuff that's just kind of either anecdotal and then there's other stuff that's just plain wrong. Yeah. Um, and uh and a lot of that stuff has been caused by a misunderstanding of what's actually bad for you uh and and what isn't uh over time. Cause I remember when I was when I was uh, when I was growing up, when I was a wee lad, yes. uh they, you know, you had this the food pyramid. You know, it was very they made a point. Oh, to yeah, really cool and They really publicized this the food pyramid. It was in cafeterias and stuff, which I only remember because I remember being like, that's the only poster in here is a pyramid with a bunch of wheat at the bottom uh and uh and the idea was always you know get get a ton of grains and breads uh Mm -hmm. and then after that you know make sure you got some of your uh meat and then after that some of your dairy and then you know you have this little tiny thing with sweets at the top um and the sweets part that's that stayed accurate uh (laughs) it it, it remains true that anything that uh, tastes super super good probably isn't good for you no greater example than chubby hubby ice cream <laughs> made That's by, right. made by the good people at Ben and Jerry's. Um, hey Tom, so that I know how long I can go before I, okay, good. We have one minute. I didn't know how much I should get into the next thing. Um, but this food pyramid, it's, it's uh, officially been kind of like revoked. It's been rescinded. Oh, really? it's, yeah. The idea behind it, uh, it turns out well, not totally correct. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's caused a lot of, I don't. I wouldn't say the food pyramid has caused a lot of obesity, but a misunderstanding of how our bodies are made to metabolize food and what causes obesity versus uh, uh, what makes your body run optimally uh, That's stuff that even scientists had wrong for for a while, including all the way up into the '80s and and some into the '90s. Uh, and it's like anything else, where some scientists were right and others were wrong, and then it got kind of proved over time. Uh, but it's one of those rare. Uh, retractions and, and changes that came for the official food pyramid uh, and official, you know, dietary recommendations by the that. FDA. Um, and uh, if you want to know what those are, you know, hold on to your seats. That's right. Uh, because after this break, we're going to go into that. And I know this break more. is going to
1: seem like forever for you, but come <laughs> on back.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to The Bright Side. I'm Joel Hunter, and I'm here with my dad, Joel Hunter. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was listening to that commercial, that Hunter Vision place. They really sound like they got uh, their eyes I think they do. That's the place to go. <laughs> I may have to visit over there <laughs> and see if you banks can fix my eyes. <laughs> uh, so before the break, we were talking here on The Bright Side, Oh, which is on 1025 WFLA. Professional radio, correct. Uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, the food pyramid and how and things. Can kind you
1: of, can you listen to past episodes of the Bright Side? You
0: know that's an excellent question, Pop, and and uh, it brings up a good point. Yes, <laughs> yes, you can. There are now we now have these podcasts, like the whole history, hundreds of shows. No, it's it's like I don't know, twenty shows, but but all the previous shows are now they're all available on iTunes. So if you go to your podcast app, or, or if you're on your computer within iTunes and you look for, uh, the podcast and it's the bright side where it's all three separate words. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just did this at the break to see if it actually worked. It's there. Very oh, cool. Thing. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. Um, and you know, it's called the bright side with Joel C Hunter, which yeah. for all of our listeners, what happened? That's, it's, that's my dad. And you should, know what? It should that's, be Joel C slash D. No, it, Joel. It, it feels like, it feels like it should. You, 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 You've earned that position, I think, uh, because you are responsible for literally 100% of our guests and wise commentary. (laughs) That's not true. All I do is I'm like, hey, what if an Englishman sounded like this? (laughs) 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 So before the break, we were talking about um, the whole idea of what uh, nutrition has, uh, the idea of what nutrition should be compared uh, now to when it was in the 80s and the food pyramid was this big thing. And everybody was talking about you got to get more grains um, and I'm going to drink water just because, uh, can you hear
1: my voice? It sounds. Yeah. You're, you're, you're starting to fade out. Nutrition. Yes.
0: You got to have uh, water for nutrition. That was a, that was a, a point that I was making. So if you, uh, if you look at the eighties, uh, and the food pyramid and, and really this was back in the seventies and eighties and it was, it was decided at some point, you know, you kind of had these, these two, uh, differing viewpoints of what's, what's bad. Is it fat Or is it sugar and uh, fat being bad? That side won, and it turns out that's a bummer because they were wrong. And and so it, you know, if you hear fat, you think of fat uh, and uh, you think of chubby hubbies and things like that. Um, But truthfully, fat as a macronutrient, you know, there's four, there's three macronutrients. uh, I'm telling you stuff you already know, but there's there's no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's protein. Carbohydrates and fats, and those are you know basically all of the nu- nutrients that we get, all of the the food energy that we get, the calories we get come in one of those three forms, and and so this idea of like well our carbohydrates bad or are our fats, well fats were called fat, and so everybody's like well those must be bad, and so a lot of fat free stuff came out, and so what do you when you get rid of the fat, what do you do? You pack in more you know more sugar, uh-huh. um, you know fat free dairy products just have more lactose in it, which is just milk sugar. Um, and, and so the difference between the early eighties and now is that the obesity rate went from something, it was something like 13 or 15% to it's like 35% or
1: something like that. Now it's in the thirties, uh, and and predicted and predicted by 2030 to be 50% of adult Americans will be obese. Wow. That's, that's, those are the predictions.
0: That's impressive. Uh, that is, uh. That's a lot of that's a lot of big people because there's because there's a there's probably what a hundred million adults maybe well probably more than that huh because there's 300 mm-hmm. million people
1: mm-hmm.
0: you got to figure at least what one out of every four people there they're an adult that'd be a lot of kids wouldn't it anyway it's a lot of people that would be <laughs> obese by 2030 and and the reason that we're on this trajectory is because everybody's got this idea that, that fats are bad and also um, fats in general foods that are more nutritious and have more calories and keep you full for longer, they're not the cheapest. Uh, it's mm. much, much cheaper to buy ramen, which is delicious. To be fair, it is <laughs> it is fantastic. I got you through med school, man. It did, <laughs> and I still always have a a soft spot in my heart for it, uh, and hard arteries in my heart for it. But it was uh, it's easier to get ramen than it is to get, say, an avocado, uh, and and it's much cheaper to get uh, a hamburger from McDonald's than it is to get some sort of you know marbled slab of beef from the from the grocery store, and. The reason that it matters is because carbohydrates are, uh, they are used for fuel. And if you're a high performance athlete getting in carbs throughout the day, it's good uh, because you're, uh, you're running all the time. Or you, you know, like when we talked to uh, Kay Rollins last night, that was amazing when she said those soccer players run six to seven miles per game. Per game. Yeah. I was like, geez, I haven't done that in a, (laughs) per week. Yeah. In a week. I'll say that. Yeah. Cause that sounds better than the real answer. <laughs> but if you're doing that, then you need to constantly give yourself this fuel source of carbohydrates. But, um, that idea of that it's better to eat little meals throughout the day. No scientific basis for it. Is it's, that right? Yeah, I mean, if you're a high performance athlete, yes, you've got to constantly feed new fuel source in because you're burning it up. And so you don't want to you know, burn through all of your glucose and glycogen reserves. But otherwise, no, like if you're us, Uh, And like even if you're you, you know you run like eight miles or ten miles a day, Um, more like more like four. uh, But but thank you. Yeah, well you got me beat by three point nine (laughs) eight miles. Uh, But if you're uh, if you're just uh, a regular exerciser and somebody who doesn't uh, you know do tons and tons of uh, of powerlifting and CrossFit and all this stuff, then really your best bet is to have. Um, more filling meals that have um, fats and proteins in it, with a, with a minimum of carbohydrate and sugar, uh, because your body is good at producing energy from those things. It's good at producing energy from uh, fats uh, and from and from protein. You know, and protein helps build muscle. But carbohydrates, what happens is you get you get a bunch of them, way more than you need, uh, and and then your body is really good at, at over you know a couple million years of evolution. When it wasn't always gonna find its next meal that night or even the next day, any extra stuff it wasn't gonna get wasted. Uh, mm-hmm. It was going to be stored, and the way that it gets stored, carbohydrates are uh, a couple of carbons with you know uh, in in molecular form. They get chained together. That is a fat. If you take a bunch of carbohydrates and link them up, that's what fats are. Oh, okay. A uh, little bit more biochemical stuff happens, but it's it's that's basically what you what you do is turn these. Uh, carbon fragments into, into these long fats. And then those get stored in your fat cells, which is great. If you're a caveman and you're not going to eat for a week, if you're us and it's like, I ate this can of Pringles, the next one will be at dinner. Uh, then that stuff, it, it adds up over time. And so it's part of the cause of obesity is that everybody feels like fats are the enemy when really it's sugar that is. And so everybody's, uh, you know, getting, getting a lot of sugar and a lot of times like intentionally eating stuff that has less fat and more sugar thinking it's Better for you. I mean, yeah, okay. if you look at candy in the in the Seven Eleven aisle, it will often tout fat free. Like, and it's like you're looking at gummy bears. <laughs> and, and,
1: and so this got to be good for me. Yeah,
0: I won't get fat eating this stuff. Yeah, and so your you know your your body has enzymes that turn all of that and and they change it into into not fat free anymore because you're able to make. Uh, I'm firsthand. Uh, I'm a firsthand, uh, um, I'm living proof that if you eat enough gummy bears,
1: it won't, you won't look good. <laughs> you look fine. People are going to think you're weighing 300 pounds. Yeah.
0: Well, I turned it around that one night. That was like three or four years ago. <laughs> okay. when I, and I was like, oh, why am I, why do I love chubby hubby ice cream? <laughs> what have I become? Um, but anyway, that's the, that's the general idea. So it's worth looking into. It's not, it's, you know, we don't have enough time to go into all of the all of the biochemistry behind what is involved in good nutrition, but basically, uh, carbohydrates are fine in, you know, in, in small amounts. Uh, but that food pyramid where it's like, get the most carbohydrate, get the least amount of, of fat. It's not, it's not accurate. It turns out, you know, something like having, uh, an avocado, uh, for breakfast or bacon, even even bacon for breakfast, uh, all of that stuff, there's tons of studies that show that people that eat that stuff for breakfast uh, consistently feel better and lose weight compared to people that have a really high starch I'll breakfast.
1: Um, so when, you, when, people are, when people are saying, okay, so what kind of diet then do I need to aim for? Uh, especially when it comes to losing weight.
0: Yeah. Well, if you're if you're if you're just looking for the general principle, the idea is to stay away from stuff that's got a lot of sugar and carbs in it. So, breads and pastas and uh, candy. Uh, those are things that are just really high density carbohydrates because all of them do the same thing. They've got a tremendous amount of calorie load, a tremendous amount of sugar. It spikes this huge insulin response because you've got all this sugar in your blood. You've got to get it out of your blood because too much sugar is toxic, and so it pumps it. and pumps all that sugar into your muscles, and then you have this big sugar crash. It's it's this compensatory huge insulin spike. It causes you to become hypoglycemic, and you're starving an hour later. Which is why if you eat, you know, stuff that's you know, if you were to eat, uh, well, ramen. I mean, if you eat that, you know, you're you're pretty hungry uh, when you're you know, once you're two hours in. Um, and so having foods that have more fat and protein to them uh, and, and then stuff that has a lot of fiber in it also, because fiber is just carbohydrates that your body can't process. Uh, and so it, fruits and vegetables, they have a lot of fiber. There's a lot of stuff in there that's carbohydrates that your body can't process. Even mm-hmm. So even though there are some carbs that your body can, um, and then for people that are like really trying to lose weight actively, you know, there's stuff like the ketogenic diet, which is basically the Atkins diet, except it says you have to have a tremendous amount of fat, um, you know, 65 to 70% of the calories you take in come from fat specifically. Wow. <clears throat> and then like the other 25 to 30% comes from proteins with just little scatterings of, of carbohydrates. Um, but the, the more I learned about this over time, because uh, this was all post-med school stuff that I found out, um, it, I just thought it was really interesting to to see that there's so much that's just flat out wrong where people will try it's a bummer when people try to make the right decision and actually do something more harmful you know yeah (laughs) it's like finding out that like quitting smoking is bad for you or something uh but to be clear that one's still uh, (laughs) still, yeah that's still valid um but when we get back we can talk a little bit more about that and uh and what that has to do with poverty and uh and how we can help with that Welcome back to the bright side. I'm Joel Hunter and I'm here with my dad, Joel, Joel Hunter. Hunter. Uh, we worked on that all through the break. And I feel like we really got that. In <laughs> yeah. Sync.
1: And it's pretty soon. It's going to be harmonious.
0: Right? Uh, yeah, We're sing it. <laughs> we'll, we'll practice that during the, during the next break. Um, Oh, good. Yeah. Cause we still have another segment after this one. Uh, Hey, you know what? I was listening to some of those commercials. I know I'm not supposed to talk about the commercials because it'll be irrelevant on the podcast. Hey, did you know you can get uh, this podcast
1: on you iTunes? Can? Yeah, if you look at uh, the Bright Side on iTunes, we're there. Oh my goodness! Now there are several. There are several other Bright Sides, but you so you got to look. Yeah, you got to look for, for the, the real name. one. Yeah, the real one with Joel C. Hunter, who is <clears throat> the man seated
0: to my left. Uh, if you're me, if you're in front of us, and no one is. Then it's to my right. <laughs> Tom is in front of us. So we uh, we were listening to the commercial break. I thought it was really interesting. It was... I don't know how they got to – they monitored and heard those two burglars talking to each other. Uh, it was just uh, – Those heard are that, FBI tapes. It really was. I mean, they, they got that stuff, and it really looked good for Safe Touch. I mean, they really they, – <laughs> yeah, those, those guys fear it uh, because it's a really good – it's an excellent home monitoring system, uh, as those burglars knew. So we were talking before the break about being fat, uh, obesity, uh, nutrition – being fat and eating fat and uh, and how the two aren't the same thing and it's it, weird it feels like it's crowbarring in to talk about poverty and it really isn't because there is an incredible difference in price and in access yeah. to sugar carb all that stuff uh, with tons of preservatives in it and stuff so that you can you know leave a twinkie and a year later, even the ants won't have touched it, uh, you can, and you can eat it yourself, uh, which makes you wonder. Uh, the ants are like, "No way, we'll eat, we'll eat poison, but not this." Uh, but uh, it, and and so you can get that stuff really cheap. I mean, it's if yeah. you just it just takes a walk through the grocery store aisle to see like everything that costs a dollar and less is really really starchy, really a lot of carbohydrates and sugar. Everything that costs significantly
1: more isn't. Well, um, and, and part of that is because, as John Rivers told us when he was on, <clears throat> it costs like $1,200 uh, to truck vegetables across country, which raises the price, which makes them more expensive. Now that now that guys like uh, John and Kay Rollins also, her organization, are building local gardens, the price can come down.
0: I did not know until we started doing this, Show I, I had no idea that local farming and and gardening. I mean, I knew it was a hobby, but I, like the same way that there's uh, you know you always have the one weird neighbor that yeah. has all his roses that yeah. he's breeding, um, or not weird, probably really interesting and, and a good person, but still kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, it, but it's not. I mean, it's not just that. It's not just hey, look at my chrysanthemums. It's people are growing. Fruits and vegetables yeah. in order to decrease the cost. And it's something where, you know, we're kind of getting
1: back to our roots. Yeah. They're like talking like roots. Well, when I, when I was growing up, lots of people in my neighborhood had gardens. I mean, it was kind of a, the normal thing hmm. as you would plant, you know, tomatoes and, you know, beans and, and, and stuff like that. It was just kind of the normal thing. And, you, and, and many of them had their own chickens. For fresh chicken, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's traumatizing.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. it was
1: it was fascinating to a kid. Yeah. to go over and watch a neighbor kill a chicken. Yeah, that I'm was sure, fascinating. I'm sure that's uh yeah, that's
0: that's <clears throat> really interesting because you don't. You, you get you get frowned upon by the HOAs if you do that. Yeah, these
1: days. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, what do it would you, it would what do you mean? I can't decapitate a <laughs> chicken in the front lawn. You you hang it up on my clothesline. What? We, we fought a war against this. <laughs> That's right.
0: Uh, it's uh, but it's different because everything we're we're now so much more separated from the production of our food than yeah. we once were, and the more separated you are from the production, the more expensive it is, and the and uh, and the more. Uh, Difficult it is to get access to the stuff that requires more preserved, and the which...
1: mo- and the more packaged it is, the more the more available, to, the more mobile it is. So you just keep food with you all the time, hmm. and and especially those little packets that are only a hundred hundred calories are 140. The problem is we eat six of them. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at you, mini fudge stripes, man.
0: <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, think I, love those. I don't think there's one person in America that's ever eaten one little bag of those. Cause they're like only a hundred calories. Oh, and conveniently there's eight more in eight more bags in here. That's right. Uh, but anyone who's ever had a normal size fudge stripe, the little ones are just like little tic tacs, but they are delicious. <laughs> uh, so getting back to controlling that, uh, desire just, that was, I got a little too real there for a second. Uh, uh, we're talking about how hard it is to get access to stuff that's actually, uh, you know, good, good for you. Um, and that's why there's, you know, projects like the, you know, having these farms and stuff like that, because there's, there's a lot more uh there's a lot more fast food around now than than uh, than there is, you know. Access—it's well, much easier to find a McDonald's than a farm.
1: That's true, exactly right. For one, exactly right. The
0: signs are just a lot bigger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> HHS says that since the '70s, the number of fast food res- restaurants have doubled. Fast food
0: restaurants, yeah, do- it's twice has, as many now. Has, huh?
1: has has more than doubled, which as 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 I think we have talked about is surprisingly. Uh, we would have counted them more because every time you look, there's another fast food restaurant mm-hmm. growing up someplace.
0: Yeah, I uh, and and what's nice is you know just to not uh, bag entirely on fast food restaurants because uh, they do have some excellent food items. Well, and uh, they've got yeah, they've got but healthy they've, food they've too. They've really that's the thing. They've really responded to this deal where it's saying uh, you know where the the kind of the public outcry of like hey everybody's getting everybody's getting big off of your meals. I mean that guy did that famous supersize me movie where yeah. he. Uh, I can't remember his name, um, so I'm going to make it up. Uh, Brent Flanagan. Uh, he did that famous uh, Super Size Me uh, movie where he just ate only McDonald's, and man, did it, was he unhealthy. But that stuff kind of sparked a little bit, a little bit of cultural change, and uh, most fast food restaurants now have healthy options. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, pro- the problem is now it just lays naked the dilemma of the willpower. Of I know. Like, ouch. like that—that that is a nice grilled chicken salad there's also dave's triple <laughs> <I know. laughs> a, a bunch of a bunch of meat and cheese on a bun uh and so it's it's it comes down to just making the right choices which is just kind of there's you know you, you kind of get an atrophy of willpower if you don't if you don't use it very much mm. you know it becomes harder and harder to do um there uh there was also this statistic that that we found in our research, uh, sponsored uh, entirely by Becky Hunter, who is uh, the, uh, she's the—she's like—it's uh, like having access to the Library of Congress, knowing That's Becky right. Hunter. That's right.
1: Of course uh, she goes for it.
0: There are only six states—I'm going to name them—Illinois, Hawaii, Massachusetts, Mississippi, New York, and Vermont—that uh, they require physical education uh, in every grade from kindergarten through 12th. Which, uh, is,
1: which is amazing, because, again, when I was growing up, every kid had to take gym. You know, you took your shorts and your shirt— and it was just a part of the the normal, well rounded, comprehensive education was physical exercise.
0: I remember that from the show The Wonder Gears. Yes. Yeah. They would they would go there <laughs> and uh and, and it was always it was always tough on uh, what was his friend with glasses? Paul Pfeiffer. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, And uh, yeah, they, they, they didn't have, but you guys had to wear those they were real short shorts back then. Uh, (laughs) I'm glad they got rid of that. But yeah, you know, I think most schools had, had PE um, just to uh, introduce you to like, here's stuff that keeps you fit and stuff that doesn't. And, and, uh, and Hey, by the way, good news, you're going to smell like sweat for the next (laughs) two two periods before you go home, uh, deal with that social anxiety. This has nothing to do with nutrition, but I feel I must tell. In eighth grade, they said, hey, you guys are going to play basketball today. And they, we always had the boys and girls were separate. And uh, and so we were like, oh, okay. And that was already kind of humiliating because I was really bad at basketball. And uh, and the girls were just just next to us playing volleyball. That was what they were doing that day. And the coach, who I won't name, although I want to, <laughs> said, "said well, I guess you guys should split up shirts and skins to us eighth oh, graders. No. And the idiot on my team, he's like, we're skins. And I was like, what are you doing? No! Ah! And so, I mean, it's burned into oh my memory. No. And so I was like, oh, okay, I took my shirt off, I'm running around. I was like, this is, this is probably going to be the worst moment of my life. And I was right. That was the worst. Every, everything that's happened to me since then, I've been like, not as bad as that one day in eighth grade. But I remember I walked, in, to get it over walked into lunch all sweaty afterwards and the girls were like,
1: mm-hmm, and
0: I was like, oh. <laughs> you just, Ouch. Yeah, really, really takes you down a peg when everyone's seen your nipples within the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> It's really hard to get, really hard to get respect after that. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's not that bad of a thing to not have PE in every, in every class. I think it's either Mississippi or Alabama though, that's the most obese state. So I think it's interesting that Mississippi oh, yeah, probably right. that requires physical education. Yeah. Apparently um, they just, it just makes kids hungry. Yeah. Or maybe it's just, they teach like tractor riding and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they do in Mississippi.
1: <laughs> oh man! You get letters now. <laughs>
0: that's, that's right. I'm hoping that one of our six listeners isn't from Mississippi. <laughs> and if so, even an angry letter, we'd welcome it. <laughs> Anything. Is this thing
1: on? <laughs> that's, that's right.
0: Every now and then, I feel like we just kind of go in the basement. And we're like, Hey, I bought these microphones. <laughs> is <Isn't> Mississippi fat? <laughs> uh, but they're uh, but they're not. They're uh, uh, but I think I think the obesity rate in Mississippi is like forty uh, percent. That's that's going to be my guess. So what I want to talk about when we come back, uh, we still have this uh, like it's a, another ninety seconds until break. But um, but just to just to mentally prepare us and our audience, uh, the 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 millions listening, uh, the idea of people in the population that we live in, in the US in our, in the rich land of America that there are these places these pockets within each state each county where people do not have access to fruits and vegetables and the stuff that we would just consider staples because of course you got it at Publix yeah. or um, and and they're called and you introduced this term to me uh, yeah. food, food desert yeah. um, and which is different than food desserts uh, that's two <laughs> s's that's right. and uh, and and that's what uh, that's what ends up, <clears throat> up happening in food deserts is everybody uh, ends up having more access to uh, desserts and, and foods that are really starchy and so uh, everyone that deals with that. I know that it's a it's an issue, I, even I had that at one point where you're like, well, it, people can't be doing that bad because a lot of them are overweight, uh, and right. so how would you and the and the reason for that is it's uh it's extremely easy to get access to food that is really, really high in calories and then leaves you hungry and makes you eat more of it. But it's so cheap that you can actually afford more. And of it. we
1: also need to talk about the diseases that come from obesity. Yeah. So that people can understand that's that's just a really bad cycle to get into.
0: Yeah. And uh, as always, we like to end each segment on disease. We'll see you in a couple of minutes. <laughs> Welcome back to The Bright Side. Uh, I'm Joel Hunter, and I'm here with my dad, whose name also happens to be Joel Hunter. You know, I'm starting to think maybe I don't have to say that every Probably second. not. You know? Probably not, yeah. Maybe I'll just say, welcome to The Bright Side. Um, and uh, and then if if somebody's curious, I probably should mention the whole podcast thing. Did you yes. know about that? That now on iTunes uh, or podcast... I just heard about today. Yeah. yeah, actually, me too. I just found a tape, which is why I'm talking about it so much. But yeah, so if you go to podcast and you look for The Bright Side... With Joel C. Hunter, who is my wise father, then it's it's there, and uh, it's like every episode you can listen to every episode. All of them are hilarious, man. They are, and they're just a source of just just wisdom, uh, <laughs> encouragement. That's right. They're they I I don't know. I've got to listen to them first and see. So we were talking before the break about uh, uh, obesity and the idea that you uh, it's cheap. To buy a bunch of b- bready things, uh, you can you can get uh, tons of Twinkies uh, for not very much money, yeah. uh, and it's uh, stuff that gets mass-produced. You can buy tons of macaroni and cheese uh, and tons of ramen, all these things that are um, uh, really—they're fat-producing. They don't have a lot of fat in them, but your body takes all, every bit of extra carbohydrate, which is more than anything beyond— uh, you know 30 or 40 grams of carbohydrates is more than your body's going to be able to use unless you're doing something pretty active mm-hmm. at that moment and mm-hmm. it turns all of that into fat um and so it it leads to obesity um which leads to sickness and all that i mean and so it's mm-hmm. something that that uh is is an affliction um you were talking a little bit about the the community gardens and stuff like that yeah um is that something like you would know more than me is that like a niche thing that's like how do you say that? Niche?
1: Niche? Well, both of them are correct. Is it a niche? Niche? Yeah. Niche. Niche. <laughs> oh. uh,
0: is, is, so is that like a niche thing that's just there's four of them, or, or, or is that something that's like a, a, a growing, influential type of thing?
1: Well, actually, uh, in our community, um, they are sizable, um, and and they're kind of coming back. But, but with the encouragement of entrepreneurs, such as um, – um, John uh, Rivers and uh, Kay Rawlings. And so I think that they can have significant um, um, areas of gardens that they get the kids to work in and so on and so forth. But Kay was saying when she was here um, that a lot of these kids just have not seen vegetables. I mean, they didn't know. They looked at a potato and they, and they said, what's that? Mm-hmm. And and she said, you ever eaten potato chips? You know, you ever eaten French fries? That's where that comes from. They were fascinated, huh. you know, and and so um, part of this is, uh, you know, when I was growing up, there was the FFA, Future Farmers of America. Oh yeah, blue corduroy yeah. jackets. It was mm-hmm. it was kind of cool. Uh, everybody knew about vegetables, but mm. but now in these food deserts, when they were, they only have uh, um, fast. Or they mainly have fast food, um, and and that's mainly what people can afford. Um, what happens is is it produces a cycle of people who eat more because that, the, that food tends to make you, as you said, hungrier because, because it has a lot of sugar in it, um, and you want more after your, after a very short period of time. <clears throat> and then you get you have more diseases. And you can't, and you don't have insurance, and so these diseases are worse in these communities uh, because they don't, you know, have the same access to good health care. Yeah, and uh, and just for
0: clarity, a food desert is uh, a a community that has a long drive to get to a supermarket. Correct, uh, and and oftentimes it's a community where there's not uh, a lot of cars, uh, and so mm-hmm. it's it's not like a long drive. It's like if you're gonna very few people. I mean, if I'm honest, if if someone was like, hey. Uh, you can get fruit, but you're gonna have to, to ride a bus for an hour and a half to yeah. get to get your fruit and bring it back. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna be that guy. Be no. like, hey, who's a weirdo with all the fruit on the bus? <laughs> that's uh, that's that's not that's not what these anyone wants to be known as. Uh, and um, and so it's a food desert is uh, if you live in a place where you don't have access to food. The way that we think of it traditionally, uh, where it's just like, uh, oh, I I go to the store, um, or if you're you know even uh, one, one step more lazy, like I am, you I, I order something on, unsh- I order my groceries on shipped and then it shows up mm-hmm. so that you don't have to go there. Um, that's, that's not living in a food desert. The yeah. opposite of that is, is a food desert where you don't have access to that stuff. Um, and it is, uh, this is one of those, one of those mom stats, uh, it, that 23 million Americans. So there's, there's, there's some in the range of 300 million people in the U.S., Twenty-three million, uh, and so that's you know just a little bit shy of ten percent, more like eight uh, percent. Don't they live in a food desert? Yeah. And six and a half million children, uh, and yeah. so yeah, it's uh, it's and so then you got people who are just walking saints on earth, like John Rivers, who are like, and now I plant you a farm, and you can and enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the bounty of the earth, uh, which uh, seems too good to be true. Um, but I guess that's I mean that seems to be the main way that people are combating that um, yeah. because. Uh, it's like everything else where it just comes down to access and education exactly know? um exactly. but you're exactly right about the uh disease stuff it, it is uh it's really bad for you just beyond just you know you know it's hard to hasn't di- do hurdles.
1: diabetes 2 um um just skyrocketed in these in the past oh, yeah. couple of decades
0: yeah yeah and the and the whole idea of insulin resistance being a being like almost a household term you know and and, and uh type 2 diabetes being a Household term, it was. I mean, that was not. That was not always the case. Um, it was. It's just that as you, when you have access to tons and tons of sugar, your body releases tons and tons of insulin, which makes you hungry and have tons and tons of sugar. And it's not too long until your body gets pretty resistant to insulin. And when uh, it goes on long enough, then you have type two diabetes. Uh, now I will attempt in forty five seconds to transition it, that buddy. to a final. Do it to a final segment off the top of my head. Type two diabetes is uh, is insulin resistance and. Uh, it's being exposed to the same uh, stimulus over and over and over again. Your body learns to fight against that. And I think that that's kind of what's happened with obesity in general in America. You, you, It becomes so common. You see it so commonly that you stop thinking about what's the cause behind this stuff. And you stop looking at root causes. But it's a lot of the same stuff that happens with unemployment and people that are, um, you know, living in communities that they uh, don't want to. Um, and it's all stuff that we can help with. And so they hopefully brought a little bit of awareness to you uh, about that stuff Thank you for joining us today. This has been The Bright Side. We'll see you next time.